0: Welcome to episode 24 of Lost in Translation with Bobby Martin. I'm Sam Perkins. We're coming to you, as always, from the WCTV studios in Wilmington, Massachusetts. Uh, Today we are joined by Northeastern, I mean, they don't really go by traditional positions anymore. We'll call him power forward. We'll call him bruising but skilled big man. Uh, You know, low major, maybe, or mid-major, Northeastern's not a low major, but mid-major, four or five, i Major Three Four, just basketball player in general. Chris Doherty, Chris, thanks so much for joining us. Today. Thank you for having me. Um, so Chris, how are you feeling? You're going into—is this your fifth year or sixth, sixth year? Sixth
1: year because of COVID and everything. Wow. How
0: how does this off? How does it feel? You're heading into you're you're coming off of your sixth off season. You're heading into your sixth back on campus, getting ready for the season to
1: start. Um, I'm definitely feeling it now. The first couple of summers you like it, but By now I'm kind of over the summer school thing, but for me I'm kind of I was kind of lucky because this year I had finished my undergrad in the spring, so I was able to take no classes, just be on campus and work on my game, which has been tremendous, like a tremendous allowed me to take a tremendous step. So, Uh,
0: Bobby, you and uh, and Chris didn't actually overlap at Northeastern, or did you? you, was, was there an overlap between you guys, or no?
2: So as I remember it, Chris was looking for schools, and uh, you came in on an unofficial to Northeastern. Yeah, the fall of my senior year. Right, the fall of his senior year. He came into uh, Northeastern, and I was actually the coach that took him around on his visit. So (laughs) it was you, your mom, and was it someone else? Just me and my mom. Just you and your mom, okay, yeah. And I remember that that was the first visit that Bill had said, all right, you're going to take the kid on a campus visit. So I remember preparing for it, and I'm I'm running around trying to figure out what all the buildings, you know, what they signified and things like that. But uh, I think I did a pretty good job, <laughs> and uh, I was able to tell a couple of stories. So, yeah, I, remember, I definitely remember.
0: Chris, you, you've got an advantage over uh, when I was at Northeastern as an undergrad. When I was actually there as an athlete back in the early 2000s, the Marino Center wasn't there yet, you know. There is a lot of stuff that's been built up since then. I will say we did have Punter's Pub. We did have uh and Lose, which is, you know, RIP. I miss those places. But uh, the Pizzeria Uno that used to exist was a cool place to hang out, you know, after events and stuff. But overall, <laughs> I think you've definitely got an advantage in the amenities there now as a student athlete. Um, so let me ask you, uh, you're, you're you're a graduate student now. Mm-hmm. You came out for a sixth year. Yeah. Um, you know, sixth year was kind of when I was an athlete, when Bobby was an athlete, was really unheard of with the exception of, like, really special circumstances, so a severe illness, severe injury, death in someone's family. And the game has really changed because of COVID and some of the transfer rule and all that sort of stuff. What made you decide to come back for another year? You know, because there are players now, I feel like right during – there were guys that, like, that first year, they're like, yeah, no, I'm totally going to come back for sixth year. My life was so thrown off. But as you get further out from the, the lost COVID year, you're seeing some players who are uh, m- more of them are kind of like, I'm ready to start the next phase of my life. I don't want to keep going to school. I'm going to either try and hoop or try join the, you know, the professional world of maybe not athletics, but something. What made you decide to come back?
1: Um, I think initially uh, hearing six years in college, I was not sold on the idea at all. But um, just being at Northeastern the past four years, I mean, two a year and a half was um, affected by COVID. We had that really shortened season. And then even the year after COVID, uh, I think we missed like three weeks in the middle of December. Um, But Then last year, I didn't have the year I wanted to, but I had still talked to some agents after the season about going overseas. But I just didn't think I was ready, per se, to like play at the level I want to play at. And I know coming back, I know the coaches, they're very good at uh, developing players. Um, Coach Manny Adaco, he's – Oh, my game grow tremendously, and I just wanted another
2: year with, of that. So no, I am going to take credit for you going to Northeastern. All right. I'm, I'm definitely going to take credit because as you, you may have chosen Notre Dame. Um <laughs> <laughs> but, and this was one of the mistakes I made as as a coach. One of my best friends coached at, at Notre Dame, and he calls me. And he says, hey, what do you think about this Darty kid? And I'm like, you know what? The kid's a beast. He's hungry. He's talented. I believe you're a lefty, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's a lefty. You know, tough to guard, man. You know, yeah, he can play in the biggies. He's like, man, I'm thinking about recruiting. I'm like, dude, you better not recruit him, man. I'm, <laughs> I want to go after this mm-hmm. kid. But I knew that, you know, as, as hard as I was going to try, probably wasn't going to win over Notre Dame, yeah. you know, wasn't going to get it. But in hindsight, you thought better and you came back to where you, where you belong. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to take credit for that. One.
0: <laughs> you know, be, before we kind of, cause I wanted to ask you about growing up in Marlboro and, mm-hmm. and, you know, we've talked to a bunch of hoop. It's funny. Uh, it's the Mike St. John pipeline here as far as big Mike is a friend of mine. He's a friend of the show came on. And then, you know, there are guys that I'll be like, Hey, like, that I know he's worked with or can you put us in touch? that would be great on the show. But not a, you know, you don't think of the borough area as like a major hoops hotbed, but like you got Zach August, you've got you, you've got, um, you know, there's a bunch of younger kids now that are that are playing smaller, lower D1, like Todd Brogno's going to Stonehill. There's a bunch of other kids that I've talked to, with Big Mike about. Austin Hunt is, you know, going to Harvard. Um, but, uh, you know, for a small area that they're a decent amount of, D1 Hoopers um you know how how does that journey start where does it start for you in basketball was it always basketball and and how do you get from you know Marlboro is a city I lived there for a year um really yeah I did where where about I lived over on uh Mechanic Street it was like uh yeah it was it was I was figuring things out in life I spent a year there um (laughs) I was in the like little little uh Brazil section of Marlboro. So So
2: are you saying that Marlboro is the place you go to figure out where you want to be in life?
0: (laughs) I don't know. I mean, for me, it was, but um, (laughs) (laughs) I think it was just just circumstance for me that finding an affordable apartment and, um, but you know, how, how does that journey start for you in basketball? And and when you first picked up a ball, did you think, would you think it would take you to free college division one, you know, opportunities to play professionally afterwards?
1: Um, to be honest, I didn't really like basketball until, like, probably middle school. Really, I really that's when I started to focus on it more. So growing up, it was baseball and football. Um, my my dad comes from a pretty decent basketball family. My uncle played at BC in the '80s. Um, he was an All American. So who was your uncle? Russ Doherty okay. went to Willam High. Um, so I mean, I always had, I always knew that basketball was kind of going to be my calling eventually, and um, I knew. It, Without a sport, I probably wasn't going to go to college because I come from a single-parent household, just me and my mom. So I kind of I knew I had to figure it out one way or the other and had to go through a sport. So,
2: so your dad played at BC. So he No, played, my, my uncle did. Your uncle did. Um, so he played with uh, Jay Murphy?
1: Yeah, he was a freshman when Jay Murphy was a senior. Yeah. Okay, all right. So you talked about... Um, you know,
0: growing up in a in a single parent household mm-hmm. and how much you know basketball was. What what would you be willing to say about about oh, growing man. up and about
1: yeah? I so I mean, uh, it was just me and my mom. My dad, he's he's around, but he struggled with drugs and alcohol throughout my uh, entire life. He's got he's gotten, like a lot better now than what he was. But me and my mom, we lived with my grandparents. I would say my grandfather was my like the most uh, constant male figure. So,
0: um, how. You know we've had uh we had a great guest uh greg moulton on who um i knew greg when he was a kid and i was a, i was just getting into being a teacher for a while and um he was a really good basketball player and then he struggled with addiction it kind of cost him um you know his opportunities to play but just what would you say as a young kid about the impacts on you
1: um i mean my mom and my grandfather my mom's family definitely tried to shelter me from it i knew my dad struggled um, you see things you don't want your kids to see when when you becoming a parent or whatnot, but I think it made me who I am. So, I mean, I really can't I can't look back and be angry on it because I don't know if I'd be here if it wasn't for like, the the things I experienced growing up.
2: So I'm interested. So you grew up in a single-parent family. This was your mom. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that like?
1: Um, There was definitely struggles, but my grandfather was very supportive of, for us, so that definitely helped. Probably without him, my life could also be very different because I definitely wouldn't have gone. I definitely wouldn't have had a stable home without him so I definitely thank him for that. Um uh, but my mom was obviously loving, always there for me. She's also she she struggles with drinking not as much as my dad. They both uh been to treatment for it. So I give him credit for that trying to get better. I mean addiction is obviously a scary thing. Mm-hmm. Uh a sickness so has but,
0: that has that impacted your you're, you know, you everybody. You go to college, everybody, yeah. it's like people hear about a party, you know, everything. And even in high school, you know, everywhere, but especially it, when you get out into the, you get farther away from like urban areas. And I know Marlboro is a city, but it's not like a big metropolitan no, city yeah. and it's surrounded by small mm-hmm. like boroughs. Um, d- did that, did seeing their struggles, has that had an impact on on your life when it comes to, you know, being around alcohol, drugs, anything like that?
1: I mean, I'm in college. So I like to have yeah, a good time, yeah. obviously, but I try to keep like limit it, because um, you know, college is all all these different things going around. Like you, you leave home for the first time, um, so it's definitely you got like I like I know what it's done to people that I'm like I'm close to, so I try not to let it take adva- like advantage like take advantage of me. But
2: so I'm interested. I like in to that. have fun yeah. <laughs> responsibly. So, <laughs> so you started you started off at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm and you end up at Northeastern. Mm -hmm. What's the party like like in both schools?
1: I mean, Indiana's a lot different. Uh, (laughs) My visit to Notre Dame was obviously awesome. You go to a football game. um, Everybody knows the athletes there because it's really all there is in South Bend, Indiana. Not much going on. Mm -hmm. Um, It's definitely a lot different. Boston's obviously a big city. The one difference that I like more about uh, Northeastern, I would say, is like during winter break when you're on campus for like the whole month or whatever, uh, Notre Dame's empty because there's nothing there. But Boston, is a, you're in a city, so you got other things going on. Because that month when everybody's off campus, it could be it could be a real grind, yeah, yeah, especially in the South Bend, Indiana winters. Like, it, gets, it gets cold. Yeah, it gets yeah. cold, <laughs> too. Cold and windy. Like it the it lake is effects, brutal so. out there.
0: Man. Yeah. Um, nice so, campus, though. Can't complain about the yeah. <laughs> <though. laughs> So you grow up in Marlboro, and you wind up in South Bend. You wind up at a high major to start. Mm-hmm that's a journey that almost nobody from anywhere but let alone uh, smaller cities, smaller towns makes. How how does that journey happen? How do you wind up from a kid who it's kind of not until middle school that you're like, all right, yeah, basketball is kind of going to be my thing to going to, um, you know, high major, uh, power five school?
1: I mean, it's kind of weird. I've actually been thinking about this recently. I really didn't work out with bat like, work out in terms of, like, skill work until I got to college. Growing up, it was mostly just playing at the parks, um, AAU or whatnot. And that, like, my skill, up, coaches always told me recruiting was I played hard. Mm-hmm. But like, I really never had the, the other, like, offensive skill set because uh, when I was growing up, I feel like skill coaches weren't as common as they are now. Now you can go on Instagram. you can, There's a million of them. Um, and finding gym time was definitely hard. But I think just working – like working hard with what I got, with what I had definitely got me there. Um, I definitely not regret, but look back and wish maybe I did things a little different in terms of trying to find like trying to be more proactive in finding a skill coach or mm-hmm. maybe going to prep school, which is a whole as a whole another issue. But
2: so I remember you before, when you were in Marlboro High School, mm-hmm. and uh, this is just to 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 enter into six degrees of separation here. <laughs> I was training a kid at the time um, who was at Concord Carlisle, Eric Salou.
1: Okay, yeah, I remember him.
2: And you guys met two years in a row in the playoffs. Yes. Okay, the first year, you guys, it was a close game until you turned it up and you had a guard who was really hot at that time. And, I mean, he he turned it up. And you guys ended up winning, Mm -hmm. okay? The second year, they beat you guys, right? And – Eric ended up getting Gatorade play of the year in Massachusetts. Now, the talent level of you two comparatively is night and day. All right? He may have been a little bit more skilled at the time, but I remember you were the reason that Eric wanted to get better because you played hard. You were super intense, a little bit of a hothead, which helped (laughs) you. Okay, all right. Which actually helped you, and, uh, and I, I remember when I got the uh, the invitation or the opportunity to, to, to coach at Northeastern, I was like, man, this is one of the kids I've got to recruit. This kid is unbelievable, man. And I'm 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 pretty sad I lost out on. <laughs> <laughs> did
1: Did you end up going to a prep
2: or to a prep, or did you?
1: No, so. After my eighth grade year at Marlboro middle School, I went to Hillside. I don't know if you guys have heard of that like mm-hmm. Terrence Mann yeah. and a couple yep. other people yep. which is it's actually in Marlboro. It's yeah like down some farm road like at the edge of Marlboro. <laughs> but um I went there and I kind of think that was kind of a bad uh like it was a bad um first experience at prep school because the school's like hundred and fifty kids you have a sign, sign like uh seats at lunch I need to work on a farm, so it was definitely like. A oh, wow. bad first experience. Really? I mean, I'm not talking down on the school. Like, I met some good people, great people there. I had it wasn't a good, for you. Yeah, it just wasn't for me. And I kind of, I think I thought that's what prep school was all like. But, I mean, I'm talking to kids now from AAU. They said, like, they had some great times at prep school and whatnot. But, um I don't know. My family's all from Marlboro, like, seventh generation. So, I okay. just, I kind of felt the sense of loyalty. Um And then getting so close to winning a state championship mm-hmm. the freshman year. I. I just wanted it so bad, I mean we never achieved it, but we did some good things um
0: so so you went from Marlboro high to Notre dame yeah that i mean that is especially in this day and age like i I've, we've talked on the show you know i'm I graduated high school two thousand and two uh back when you know prep school wasn't as big a thing we, you know there, you still had a lot of kids from the public getting recruited to to play d one you know offers a bunch of my teammates myself and different sports got you know the opportunity to to do that um. But by the time that you came along it's really kind of unheard of to not or, or I don't wanna say unheard, of, but it's an outlier to mm-hmm. be a kid in a in a state like Massachusetts. Yeah. You're not allowed to practice with your coach out off, you know outside of season you're not, you know you're not you're not allowed to yeah. um to go from just public right into d one let alone like high major d one how did you get seen by them what was what was yeah how I
1: that... so I played with the new England players. The Adidas circuit, they're no longer a team because of things that happened. But yeah, TJ and <laughs> yeah, I say, yeah, I mean, yeah, People yeah. have yeah. their opinion on TJ, but I love th- TJ, yeah, he's I still love me. him. Like, Shout out to TJ,
2: yes, yeah, no, what's can, going on, man? <laughs>
1: no, yeah, I, he's a, one of the most loyal people I've met. Um, and I had him and uh, John Carroll, he coached the Celtics actually yep. for a few years. Um, so we were gone from like mid June to like early August every summer. Um, and then when you're on the Adidas circuit, you're just playing in front of coaches every weekend, and we actually lost in the Adidas Championship my, my final year at the buzzer to a team with um, they had like Armando Big, Oscar Tashibwe, and uh, David McCormick. So they had some they had some high major big guys. Lost at the buzzer, but that's kind of how I got my notoriety, like uh, how I got recruited. How,
0: what was it about Notre Dame? Because I know that you had other offers. I'm, I'm you know, remember at the time when you were getting because I always kind of kept up on the local kids that were actually you know at that level, local being Massachusetts kids. Yeah. Um, but you know, I know you had other offers, other opportunities. What was it about Notre Dame? Why, why did you choose there?
1: I mean, uh, I mean, they've had success with like undersized big guys, that was a big thing. The campus was obviously amazing, high academics. Um, and then it was kind of cool because uh, Zach August, he's from Marlborough, He went there, so that was yeah. kind of like a cool thing, you know, kind of following his footsteps.
2: So, so here's my question: What did you learn from it? Because, you know, obviously you transferred. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. What was it that made you consider transferring? What was what was it that you weren't getting?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely lack of playing time. Um, I mean, I was playing behind like John Mooney. He was. Mm-hmm. Could have been an all-American, in my opinion. Um, Jawan Durham, Nate Lesheski, so like high-level guys. Um, I just I yeah, wanted the playing time and being far from home. Like initially, when you when you're looking at schools, you're like, oh, this is awesome. Get, get, get to get away from all like the all the Excuse me, like all the bullshit at home or yeah. not. So uh, that was definitely cool. But then when you realize when you're out there, like I said, the winters and the during spring break are nothing enjoyable. And uh, I just wasn't for me. I would say I just knew I needed to change. And um, I remember right away when I put my name in the transfer portal, like, other schools are hitting me up, but mm-hmm. I remember I really liked Northeastern, I liked the campus, the coaching staff. Yeah, 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 Solid. you should have. You should yeah. have. <laughs> No, I really, I really did. Uh, but, you know, like, in high school, you just want to get away maybe. You don't realize, like, yeah. how much of a grind you're gone mm-hmm. probably 10 months of the year, so you don't yep. realize it. You're just looking at, like, oh, this and that. But um, I remember I was really hoping Northeastern would reach back out and uh, actually Coach Mark would – he reached out like the first day but i didn't see it because you know when you're entering the transfer portal you get a lot of text or whatnot mm-hmm. and i didn't see it for like two days and i saw it like i i had read it but never got back to him so i reached out and, like apologized hoping they were still interested and it worked out well so
0: nice so mark wood is a guy who uh actually started his career at notre dame he's from yeah. maine so even smaller area he went yeah. to notre dame and then transferred back to his home state school to mm-hmm. to maine did did that ever come up between the two of you when he was recruiting you or when in passing that he had kind of gone through that same sort of going to a bigger school coming back home was that ever something that was discussed yeah he
1: talked about it a little bit and he also knew he played with uh coach Humphreys when he Mm -hmm. was there so there's a little connection there so um it was all good was uh you know it you said that you kind of you
0: i could relate to um Wanting to get away when you first kind of get out. And then when you get away, I had similar experiences. You kind of start to miss things about home. You start to miss support system. You start to miss, stru- like when I got away from home, I had like no structure in college. And I was just like, uh. yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, what w- when you came back, was it hard at all? Was there any part of you that was like, you know, I had signed to go to, you know to, to this big time school and now I'm coming back to a smaller school back home. Was there any part of you that felt like you know, maybe go see somewhere else. See, because I'm sure there were some other higher major schools in mm-hmm. Northeastern that came and and checked you out and mm-hmm. hit you up. And um, did any part of you think like going back to to Northeastern to uh, a step down was like a step down? I don't want to say a step down because I love. Nor- I've, I, I went back kind of, there for graduate school. Like I like love like Northeastern. A, like, but like a punch to your pride. Exactly. That's exactly. Did um, it feel like a punch to your pride at all? To to
1: not not really at all to be honest. Because uh, like I said, I love the coaches um being close to home's obviously a positive my grandfather was going to get a chance to see me play but then mm-hmm. covid hit and he passed away but um it was like i really didn't think about it like that i mean it's a great school obviously i got to get to major in something i'm interested in so i really couldn't complain um i think maybe now more so as I, as i've been there and my skills have really developed cuz i've been actually able to work on my game i think about like what, what would have happened if I had taken it more serious. Not saying I didn't take it seriously, but really put in the time. Like when I was younger, like what what I could have done. But I mean, you can't have regret. I'm still going to college for free. Probably wouldn't have gone to college, so. Yeah. I got no complaints.
2: You know, I would I would think that the you know, if I'm thinking as a player that the the punch to my pride was probably already. Given at Notre Dame when you weren't playing, yeah. Definitely. So at that point you're like, yo, I don't care where I go, I just want to find some place where I can play.
1: You know, I'm a competitor, so I want to be exactly. Okay. You that's, be that on the was floor. More of the Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, you're a guy that uh, I remember when Northeastern landed you, and I was really, I was pretty, pretty pumped about that. You know, like I, I stay connected with with my alma mater, and, and um, your lucky number again. I don't want to say lucky, but like you know, it's not luck, but this is luck that they're back in Matthews Arena because when I was there, it was all. All so cabbage. cabbage in, oh, yeah. Uh, I love Matthews. I will always love Matthews. One of the last things I ever did with my dad before he passed away when I was a teenager is I went to the America East uh, basketball tournament there with him, um, and it just uh, I, I was in high school, um, but it has a very special place in my heart. Just I uh, was getting looked at by Northeastern, and. um just it felt like the old Boston Garden, mm-hmm. you know, like it's got all the the old beams and pillars. It's, I, it's a little
1: outdated now. They might need to renovate it in the y- coming years. Y- but. Yeah,
0: it's, I mean, you guys do have that gigantic jumbo yeah. on there in the middle. Which every time I see a three pointer go up, I'm like, is it gonna hit? that? Yeah. like it just feels so oversized yeah. for. But I, I I love the the vibe in in Matthews because it's so like it's historic. It's like the oldest I think uh, basketball arena still in, in use in in the U S. and maybe in the world. Um, but uh you know you said that you when you went there it was you were going to be able to it, it was big to you. you you talked about the impact your grandfather had on you and and to have him get to watch you and then covid and then he passed away and just you know i i don't like bringing up th- things like that except oh, those are life experiences right. you know i lost both my parents unexpectedly and and uh um, at different times and just what was that like for you to go through that and then that be a part of your
1: decision and 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 him not get to, to see. Life. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, he 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 fought in Vietnam, so he had COPD or whatnot. So I knew he he had been struggling for a while. Um, and it was actually we played at which one that the one that really like pisses me off was we were at when I was at Notre Dame. he played at BC in like February or whatever. And he was he was I was gonna be like his first college game. He was gonna see me playing, but he ended up in the hospital like the mm-hmm. night or two before, so he didn't get to see that. So that one really, I still think about that. But, um, yeah, I was excited to come back so he could come and see me and play some games. But, uh, I mean, life happens. Uh, it was tough when he passed away, right, like a couple of days after my birthday. And I actually had COVID when it happened. So I still think about that. Like, I don't know if I'll ever get over that. You know I mean? You really didn't get to have those last moments together. But it's life. And he was a great guy. So he made a lot of great memories. So
2: so you did have some really great moments with oh, him yeah. that's for awesome. sure
1: yeah definitely
2: you know I, I think for 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 any of the younger kids looking at this it, what you're talking about addresses a huge issue an issue that i would call a lie um the uh the the fragility of this generation you know when you've gone through that much and you still come out and now you're working on your masters mm-hmm. Dude, there is nothing fragile about this generation. N- not nothing yeah, whatsoever.
0: It's, it, it's, I I just I hate it when when you hear people talking about this generation's soft. Yeah, this generation, yeah, you yeah. know everything. It's <laughs> like, you like every generation goes through terrible things. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not here mm-hmm. saying like we. But like, this generation isn't soft when you look at like other things, like how hard it is to make a living in the world now yeah. and how unaffordable
1: housing is. And yes. Just,
2: we yes. were, so yeah, we
1: were, every generation has its struggles yeah sure.
2: exactly exactly but without those struggles how do you ever grow yeah exactly yeah. you know? i mean that's what i'm hearing right now i'm here i'm hearing how you've grown mm-hmm. through the struggles yeah. it's awesome
1: i was actually listening to the podcast with you guys with uh, mark levenor yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah Flave. yeah Flave. i was actually listening to it, like he, last night it a great it seemed like he had some like a humble upbringing and whatnot and he seemed like he turned what? out Mm-hmm. Flav's,
0: Flav's a great guy. Flav was a friggin' maniac when we were both in college. Oh my god. He actually, Mark Flavin has the distinction of being possibly the only player to ever headbutt a Northeastern player in the middle of a game.
1: Wow. <laughs> what he was wow. at me. Wow. I, I wouldn't even do that <laughs> yet. <laughs> he
0: was, we, did, we did this story. The Northeastern had a guy, Bennett Davis, shout out to Bennett, was, was an awesome player, great athlete, 6'9", but Bennett, like, him and Mark just kept getting tangled up. And I just remember Mark was like, if you do that again, I'm going to knock you out. Elbow, run down to the end of the court. Flav just turns around and just, bam, headbutts him right in the middle of the game. <laughs> they both get thrown out. John Giannini, the coach at Maine at the time when Flav was there with his all super raspy voice, is just, just like, nice job, Flav. You lost us the game Well, Flav's <laughs> <like that. laughs> uh... But, um... You know, speaking of sort of being a competitor, one of the things that always stood out to me from you, I got to see a little bit in high school, and then when you came to Northeastern, and Bobby and I have talked over the years about about bigs. I'm I'm not a big. I'm five eight, five nine. My dad was was six seven. He played out at UMass, so I didn't get his height, unfortunately. But um, you know, I've always loved bigs. And um, but one of the things is finding bigs that play hard. Is I think Bobby can can attest to this that it's it's tough and bigs with a motor is tough and that's a that's a, a big thing when you find a big with a motor and you play hard man has that always been the case where does that come from on the court like you play hard
1: uh well like i was saying i really didn't work on my like skill set but that was kind of my thing like just play hard and you'll get noticed or whatnot um i don't know like getting on the, like when you step on the court like off the court i'm pretty laid back for sure uh but like when I step on the court, I don't know, like the, maybe the the demons of my childhood come out a little bit more or something. I don't know, and it's just like I flip another switch. There's it's definitely pros and cons to it for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I've just always I was just brought up give give everything you have. So,
0: Bobby, what do you remember about? I mean, you talked a little bit about, but what what do you remember about about Chris as a player? Um, when he was in high school and did you see any changes? I know you weren't there when he actually took the court, but you still, you've stayed connected to the game. You follow things. Have you seen an evolution of Chris's game since high school, since you saw him back when they were playing Concord Carlisle to the player that he is today?
2: So the, the biggest part of his evolution is that he's learned how to slow down. Um, I remember a player who was just super hyped you know who would whose whose emotions would 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 get in the way of him being productive. Um, I remember a player who was not adverse to throwing an elbow. <laughs> all right, and um, I've I've seen calm. You know, I, I've seen that a, a calmer part of him that's allowed him to you know to contribute more to the team. And uh, I think you know that's that's probably. What, what I enjoy the most, um, you know, the way he played was uh, has always been attractive. That's going to be attractive to any coach because you don't have guys that play like that. Yeah. You just don't you have do, You it.
0: don't have – I mean, you don't, want have bigs that want to get big on people, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the time. And, and Chris, mm-hmm. I know, has skill. I've seen you shoot. I've seen you. But you can do some stuff off the dribble, which is surprising for a guy. But, like, actually goes on the blocks, beats people up. Get second chance points. It's fun to see. You don't see it as much anymore, but mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so that that is super attractive. But but um, you know, I'm wondering, Chris, have you seen in yourself? Sometimes we don't realize our own evolution until we like take a step back. Have, have you been aware of the growth in yourself as a player?
1: Um, I think started at Notre Dame for sure. I, I just felt myself being more comfortable with the ball and whatnot. And because um, obviously, Coach Humps a great mm-hmm. like, skill developer, and whatnot. But uh, he was a little bit more athletic than me, so yeah, 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 yeah. He, he would show us some stuff that I was like, I don't know if I can do that. But um, And then coming to Northeastern, no knock on Manny, I think me and him are more similar in terms of our athletic, <laughs> in terms of how athletic I think, we I are. think you've got to
0: step up on Manny as far as Maybe that a little bit. Medicine, Shout
2: out to Manny and <laughs> oh. man. What's going on, man? But,
1: um, no, so yeah, Manny's really taken my game to the next level. Um, and Coach Cohen, I mean, giving me the confidence to like, put the ball in my hands pretty frequently. And, um yeah, me and Manny have put in a lot of good work the past three years or whatnot. Um, and I'm excited for this upcoming year. I've had a good summer,
2: so you know, speaking that way about Manny, uh, your next workouts are going to be brutal. Uh, <laughs> just no, he, just he, keeps it, he keeps it cool, he keeps it cool. <laughs> I'm a veteran now, so like, can, like <laughs> I feel it the next day. Parting gift, Parting <laughs> gift.
0: Manny's a great dude. What would you just say as a whole about the coaching staff? You know, I've played for the number of good coaches I think that I've played for that is is dwarfed by the number of not so good coaches that I've played for um just in life and and I think unfortunately that's uh that's the case for a lot of young athletes as people get into coaching for different reasons that aren't necessarily about mentoring or or, or developing the player and the person they about other things and just what would you say about the coaching staff at northeastern because I think you know, you have the opportunity to transfer again, you have extra years, you graduate, you're a graduate student, you could go somewhere else, you come back, Mm -hmm. you do four years for the same staff, six years total in college, but like the last four with them. Um, That's not necessarily the norm these days. So you must have a decent relationship, I would think,
1: with the staff. What would you say about the staff? Yeah, so the coaching staff, uh, it's a great group. to be honest, my favorite's probably Coach Murphy. The, he's been there for like... <laughs> that was going to be my question. Coach he Murphy. He reminds me so much of my grandfather. So like I kind of, I don't know, I just go in there. We just chop it up about any, like, anything. Not, not even basketball. Uh, but he's always making sure I get my 100 free throws in and everything. But all the coaches are great people. Um, and they're willing to help you reach the level you want to get to if you're going to put in the work. Um, and yeah, and like I, like I definitely had chances to transfer after this past year. But... I just I just feel so comfortable and I know the kind of skill like skill development that they can um I know that the type of skill developers they are so I just didn't see a reason to leave and like I mean you see all like the nli money and whatnot I mean yeah that's cool and everything but like it's at the end of the day it's basketball I want to get better for hopefully a career overseas so I didn't really see I didn't really see a reason to leave so
0: I have a, a non some a random non basketball question for you, but if someone's in the Marlboro area, so I lived in Marlboro, I lived in Westboro, I lived in Worcester. Mm-hmm. Worcester's different, but I loved Worcester too. So uh I love, love loved Worcester a lot actually. Um but what what are your spots to go get something to eat in the in the borough area Marlboro. if you're out there? Yeah. I mean
1: Marlboro's it's pretty diverse. I mean yeah. a lot of um Brazilian and Spanish people, so like we get some good good Spanish food, uh Zarape on Maple Street. I read it was like voted the best burritos in New England. I don't know if that was false advertising, but I mean they're definitely they're definitely up there. So I would say that Uh, Fireflies on Route Twenty is very good. Um, The Fix, well, I mean we get some spots. So
0: and and definitely no
1: shortage of food options.
0: And now that you're you're on campus at Northeastern, what are your when you're? I mean, as a student athlete, I think a lot of people don't realize that it's like it's a job job when you're when you're a Division One student athlete. So you don't get a lot of downtime but there is a little bit here and there what are your what are your places to go in the in the boston area around northeastern you know uh, it could be food it could be whatever like what do you do when you're in what sense
1: like a like a saturday night or like for food
0: let's go both let's go (laughs) for food and let's go saturday night all right
1: um (laughs) food i really like um boston burger company okay yep i don't know what street it's on i just know where it is like I, i really like that and then on a Saturday Night Fenway area is cool, or Faneuil Hall, but it's expensive. So you Oh, yeah. yeah, I know. It's definitely expensive. <laughs> I was
2: going to say, y'all live in large. You're going to Faneuil no. Hall. No. Oh, no. Find some rich friends. <laughs> right. Jeez. Um, <laughs> Northeastern's a <the> school. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so,
0: you know, what, um, what are your goals for this season? You're heading into the last yeah. rodeo, so to speak. What goals do you have uh, for for the final year? And and I know things, you know, obviously, probably unfinished business brought you back, um, as we, we talked about. But like, what are your what are your goals for this year?
1: Um, I just want to win. I mean, the past two years have been not Northeastern basketball, obviously. I like last year we had six freshmen, so obviously that's tough. The year before that, that one still haunts me because we just had so much talent that year. Um, yeah, so I still think about that. I mean, we were up twenty on Colorado State, like a five seed. It just didn't work out. But this year, um, I just want to win. Yeah, uh, I, the, I think the pieces we added are very good. We got some veterans. Um, the freshmen from last year are a year older, which makes a huge difference in college basketball. And then for myself, just continue to expand my game. I've been uh, shooting a lot more in practice, like threes and whatnot, which is kind of crazy. I never would have thought I'd be, I'd be doing Uh-oh. that. No, yeah. I think I, In the summer, uh, I shot one of the highest percentages on the team. I've stats to prove it. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> you can follow it up. Huh? Yeah. Okay,
2: no, I'm, uh, I'm gonna ask Coach Murph. I'm sure he's uh, kept. I'm, he's kept I'm, sp- I'm a better shooter because of him. Like,
1: a, like 500 threes a day, he makes me do. But nice. uh, no, so yeah. I'm, I think we're gonna have a good year. I just hope we win. That's really all I care about. I mean, individual. Accolades are cool and everything, but winning is definitely the, mo- the most important thing to me.
2: So here's my question. Um, what are your growth goals? You personally, not not the tangible goals like how many games you yeah. win and stuff like that. What are your goals?
1: Uh, definitely keep my cool a little bit better. Last year was tough. I mean, I just hate losing, and I think that the losing kind of just – I showed it too much, I like too much emotion. Um and then, yeah, what do you mean, like, in terms of, like, skills?
2: No, no, not skills. Like, your oh, growth, like, more. Your growth, your personal no, growth. Oh, yeah, so
1: definitely that, not be so emotional. Um, Be a better, a better leader. Okay. I feel like I've, I, I don't really lead by, like, vocally. I'm more lead mm-hmm. by example, I'd say. So I've been I'm not having classes in the summer. I've, yep. I've been able to be in the gym for, like, six hours. Or not even in the gym, just, like, in the facility for, like, right. six hours a day. So, uh, hopefully the younger guys are like seeing that and just kind of following, even if it's not six hours, cause obviously they have class and want, they gotta be students. I don't have yeah. to do that right now, but, uh, <laughs> hopefully if they can just take parts of that and
2: yeah,
0: it, you know, you're, you've been in college for, um, a long time, but <laughs> also a very interesting time in the changes. The NIL came in while you were in college, the you know, your first time transferring, you don't have to sit out when you're in college. It's it's a really crazy time. And you transferred right before all that stuff came yeah. down the pipe, uh, the pipeline. Um And I think it makes it much harder for, for mid-major schools that don't rely on like one and done, that they typically rely on, let's build a core, let's get talented kids in when they're younger, let's build them up. And then when we're veterans, we could maybe make some noise in the NCAA tournament because what we lack in that, you know, say size or what we lack in and you know top level, you know top to bottom talent or skill we make up for in like team cohesion and toughness and being able to play together and being through adversity. But now you're at, at you're playing in an era where like it's almost like if mid major schools recruit freshmen that are too good too early, you're going to lose them because they're going to have the opportunity to go somewhere they couldn't come out of high school. And you guys have lost some really talented young players while you've been there. I don't need to go through the list of all of them, but you know, how how does that how do you guys as a team, how do you stay together and and working towards this this goal when like you have some pretty talented kids that, you know, a couple years in a row they leave to go higher level. And it's not a northeastern problem. I think people will look at it like, oh, well, what's going on there? It's like, no, it's happening everywhere. If you look at the number of transfers, this this epidemic I won't call it an epidemic, but like it's like kids are getting opportunities now to to be essentially free agents and be able to go right away, and and but it's really hard for a mid major school. How do you guys keep together when there's that losing players like that in the off season?
1: But yeah, so college has definitely changed since I've been there. I think mid major school, mid and low major schools are definitely at a disadvantage in terms of the money that they can offer kids or whatnot through NLIs or whatnot. But I think at the end of the day, uh, you just got to get a group of kids that love the sport. And if you have a group of kids that do love the sport, I mean, anything can happen if they're willing to put the work in. And people are going to leave, obviously. That's just the nature of college basketball right now. I don't know if they'll try to like um, police it a little bit better in the yeah. coming years. because, kind of, th- In my opinion, I think it's out of hand right now. Like. And I don't even know if these NLI money, like the money that people are saying they're getting is accurate. Yeah, actually you, you don't know what's real and what's not. When you not. get on campus, you're there. Yeah. Like, you might not get the money. So I just think it's crazy right now. I do think college athletes deserve to get some money or whatnot.
0: Oh, yeah, me me too. I absolutely think that you deserve, you know, if if you can get it, you should get it. This is just, you know, not taking oh, out my yes. soapbox, but, like, you know, if schools can make the kind of money they make, you know, I was never good enough and never played at a big enough school where, like, They'd sell my jersey, but you know, like if if you're, you know, when Bobby, when you were at say Pitt, you know, if he, I'm sure that they sold jerseys that had your number or Jerome Lane's number, and people know why. I'm right. buying that because I love that player, right? But you're not seeing a dime of it, but the school is getting all of it. Like that's not that's not right to me. And also, if you're if you're a college student. You know, and you're doing anything else to be in college. You're allowed to make money in what your area of expertise is. If you do amazing on the SATs, you get into an Ivy League school. While you're in college, you can be an SAT prep tutor. You know, if you're a medical student, you can be you know, like you can tutor. You know, people or do if you have the time for that. Like you can, if you're great at math and you're you're a math major in college, you can make a ton of money as a tutor during the off season, or you can work. You know, you you. Can, if you're if you're in law school you could work as a paralegal somewhere if you're able to find the time like saying that you know because you're a student athlete you can't use your skill set to make money is crazy so i definitely think that athletes should be able to make money but it's also like you see the amount of transfers and then you read about the amount of kids that enter the portal that then don't land anywhere it's, mm-hmm. it's crazy, it's
2: crazy mm-hmm. I well I mean, we're talking about you know there, there are two sides to the coin right one you've actually got to be good enough to make Nil money yeah um, m- most kids aren't they're not good enough to be able to make the type of money that they believe they should be making know that's earned that's earned through your stats that's earned through how many games you win maybe maybe that's one of the answers to to uh, you know to helping the kids understand that yes college basketball is a business right? I mean, you've put in time, okay, here you go. You get a little bit more this year, a little bit more this year, instead of being promised something based on potential, right? Now, the, the unfair part is that, it, you know, now it's changed since I was in school because when I, if I transferred, I would have had to sit out a year. Now you don't have to sit out, but you're still going to a program that has plenty of other good players. Right, yeah. so you know, change of address won't necessarily change the yeah, problem.
1: Yeah, and now you see, there's like kids transferring three or four times. It's
2: just, yeah, it's, it's nuts. So that's the problems not with the school; it's with the kid. You, you, yeah, you know, it's it it's wild, man. And uh, you know, what one thing I loved about Northeastern was is that you know, like you you have been saying that you know they've got a good group of coaches. You know, if if you're willing to sit down and and oh, I'm sorry, if you're willing to get in the gym. And put in the work they'll work with you but if not you know bill bill will tell you look this place may not be for you it's, it's a business yeah he's a realist yeah right he's gonna tell you and kids don't want they don't want to hear that
0: i feel like bill has a very different personality than a lot of head coaches he's he's very quiet he's very laid back he's very you know like reserved and mm. analytic and i just feel like he's not a he's not a showman and he's not a like self promoter but it's it's to me it's kind of refreshing to, to deal with that and be like like I might not talk to Bill as much as I you know talk to other coaches but like it always
1: feels genuine when I talk to him. Mm-hmm. For me personally um, from like high, my high school coach was pretty intense. John, <laughs> John, John Carroll from AU yeah. he was yeah. he's a different level but I mean yeah. great coach and great guy and then uh coach Bray kind of the same boat as coach Cullen laid-back guys but yeah, Coach Cohen, like, not many. I don't like. I don't think kids understand at the high at the high major. You can't just walk into your head coach's office and sit down and like just talk yeah. about whatever. I mean, there's you can go talk to him, but it's not. It's as not authentic, the same. Yeah, it's when you're talking to Coach Cohen because he's like, he's a make it like. I mean, he's the most winningest coach in CAA history, and you, you would think he's still new to the league the way he works, but he's just and he doesn't have any arrogance about himself. That's all the coaches there. which just awesome. Yeah.
0: Brian McDonald's not—he's not arrogant.
1: <laughs> no, uh, no, <laughs> no he, might be the most, he might be the most—he might be the most uh, like hot head coach. We have, to be honest, the, the Irish temper. Uh, but is he still uh, one I of the most Brian.
2: athletic assistant coaches in America? Can he still dunk?
1: Uh, not not dunk. He's getting old now. Oh, oh,
0: be let bad. me tell you. me not he's, care of. So. Let me tell you about Brian McDonald. And Brian McDonald was at Northeastern, and I'm—he was. We didn't overlap. He's older than me, but. Brian McDonald was a layup line superstar when he was at Northeastern. You know, he was a walk-on, but he was like a state, I think, high jump champion or something. He's athletic. Like, the dunks he used to do, but that was back when you weren't allowed to dunk in the layup lines once the refs came out, like 20 minutes before game time. So you had to show up like, you know, like 40 minutes before game time. (laughs) But he'd be doing stuff out there that was just, it was like, he was a layup line superstar. He's Maybe 6'2". I don't then, know, not, I didn't know he could yeah. dunk like that. I'll oh my goodness. He was he was like elbows above the rim back in the day. Like he was crazy. <laughs> I actually I did not know
1: that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean he's he some of the skill work like he'll show us and he has it still, so I mean, I'm not surprised.
0: Um so you're this is gonna be your first year of graduate classes, is that yeah. correct? I mean they're
1: gonna be all online, which is could be good and bad, I think. Um maybe not having that structure for classes will be a little tough, yeah. but <laughs>
2: Dude, you've um, had five years I, I, <laughs> right. I, getting structured. I, I, after You're COVID, good. COVID, really, yeah. COVID
1: really messed it up for me. To be honest, like <laughs> I was really locked in at Notre Dame, and the COVID thing. Yeah, like, right. I, I had to, I had a rough, a little rough time at Northeastern. The coaches will tell you that. Um, it's, I, it's a tough school, it, though. It, R- it, really it, tough. You don't it realize is. it.
0: I, I do not do well with online classes, man. The lack of structure, it is it is tough for me to like stay on the ball and i it yeah. was always anytime mm-hmm. i took an online class to be like oh yeah this is great you know it's a really cool looking class i don't have to go into class like always no matter what scrambling at the deadline of yeah. something mm-hmm. being due mm-hmm. <laughs> i like, i remember even in, in grad school at like northeastern like like, being at Snell Library until, like, like all night, yeah. like, 24 hours, like, f- rushing to get something done, submitting it from there because I was like, I need to go to the library. I'm not going to get this done. And then just, like, falling asleep in a chair at the oh. library at, like, 4 a.m. when I finally got it.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm definitely, I mean, it was nice to have, a, like, a little break because I've been in summer classes and everything, like, the past five or whatever, six summers, or four or five summers. Um, so it was nice to have a little, like, time off. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, and it's only, what... Like seven months, like spring and fall and spring, so like only yeah. six months of right. locking in, and then I'm I'm good with school forever. So,
2: <laughs> so you mentioned that uh, you you want to play professionally yeah. afterwards. So the reason I asked you about your growth goals, and this this may be something you want to consider mm-hmm. when you go to Europe. Um, it's not it's not like the NBA where the NBA is a little bit different because you'll have guys around you who are paid to keep you on track. Okay, you know, your day's pretty much full. You know, you've gotta work out this time. But when you go to Europe, there is no one to do that for you. You show up at practice, you show up at the games, and other than that, your time is yours. Mm -hmm. So, you're going to have to, you had mentioned you being um, Mm hot-headed, so, you're gonna have to learn how to control that fire because they're gonna expect you to be responsible for the other nine players. Yeah. On the team. Because you're the American. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> yeah. So all of that all of that responsibility is gonna be put on you. Mm-hmm. Whether these guys get it or whether the other guys get it or not, right? Mm-hmm. Is gonna be on you. So growing you know, and continuing with, with your personal growth goals is going to be the most important thing because they will drive you crazy. Yeah, okay. it, <laughs> I, yeah I heard it's a different... It's
0: probably. also different because, yeah. I mean, one, you might, you might be somewhere where, like, you know, there's only, say, three Americans on the team, and you don't speak the language of, of the most of the guys. But the Americans on the team are probably going to be in different places in life. A lot of teams, you know, the, 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 the good teams, the higher-level teams, it's not like they're stacking it with, like, three 24-year-olds. You know, they, they, they've got a vet. They are maybe two vets. Um, you know, so it's even the guys that you speak the same language as you come from the same country, you guys might be at different places in life. So it's definitely, I think Bobby can talk to it a lot more, but, like, uh, you know, you really kind of get to know yourself and um, really kind of have to find ways to not get into trouble and not go crazy from boredom or loneliness. While yeah,
1: because I was talking yeah. to John Mooney, actually, and he's been in Japan the last two years. Two or three years, and um, he says he's one of three Americans on his team, but the other two are like late twenties, early thirties with the family. So yeah. he said it's like mm-hmm. tough. Like you hang out with them sometimes, but they have like other obligations, obviously. And he said you definitely have to like just find ways to uh, keep yourself busy and keep yourself sane because I mean, being in a different country can definitely be tough. But it's I probably th- a cool experience. Yeah,
2: that's a that's definitely. Um, Something that you have to consider. I'm going to say that this is professional basketball, and you have to do what's best for you because that's the way the other Americans on the team are going to be thinking. They're not going to care if you are. They'll they'll, they'll commiserate with you if you're cut, Mm -hmm. right? Oh, it's a shame, things like that. But no, the team won't. They will have somebody in there replacing you with the very next practice, and that's tough to deal with right you're being blamed you know for what they perceive that you didn't get done whether they're right or wrong you know the, those emotional hits are the ones that are going to determine who you're going to be and how long of a career you're you're actually going to have yeah, you know it's it's rough man it is really rough and your your personal growth in that, and i can't say it enough is going to be the the major contributing factor mm-hmm. to your success
0: so I guess, you know, uh, kind of heading into the, the end of the interview has been awesome. And, and I feel like we've really been on the ball, Bobby. Your, your questions have been fire today. And, and we've been, I think, organized, which is probably more my disorganization. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, you're heading into your final season. What feelings do you have uh, just in general? Like, wh- what's going through you as you're heading into your last beginning of the school year and your last, you know, official start of? team practice, and then your last non-conference, you know, you were at preseason games, and like, what are you feeling
1: right now? It's just crazy to think about, because when you graduate high school, you're like, you just don't think of how quick it's going to go, I mean, I graduated high school six years ago, and it feels like yesterday, I remember, like, the fall of my freshman year at Notre Dame, I was like, you're going to get a little homesickness, and you're like, damn, I got four more years of this, and you just think it's going to be forever, but the days might feel long, but the years go by quick, months go by quick, so... I'm just looking forward to it. I know it's going to be over before I know it. Um, I just want to have a good year and just um, take it all in, you know what I mean? Because it's the mm-hmm. last time. Pl- college basketball is like something you'll remember the uh, rest of your life. That's why I want to do six years. But, but uh, no, I mean, I'm looking forward to it, and I think it's going to be a good year, and I've put the work in this summer, so I'm excited.
0: Well, awesome. Well, thank you, Chris, so much for joining us today. It was a really, really great appreciate you. Yeah, thank great. you for having me. Good best of luck this Appreciate this season. It. I hope you guys go dancing again.
2: Go Oops. Huskies, go Thank Huskies. <laughs>